Take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to read one verse and then get right into the message this morning. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. Proverbs 18, 14. Let's all stand together, and if your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. Let's read Proverbs 18, 14 uh, uh, together uh, in, in unison. Let's read it together, Proverbs 18, 14. The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon the word of God as it goes forth this morning. We pray, Father, that our hearts would be such that we'd be looking for something from you, that we'd be looking for a blessing. We'd be looking, Lord, for any reproofs or corrections that are necessary in our own personal lives. And Father, we are, we are living in a day and age that's unlike anyone that I have ever seen in my lifetime. And there are temptations and there are there are pressures, I believe, uh, on folks today uh, that, uh, that are in some ways unprecedented. And Father, we, we, just, we just pray that you give us wisdom from above. You give us some instructions for living this, this morning that will be a help and cause us to walk closer to our God. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Verse says, uh, verse, verse uh, 8, eight uh, excuse me, verse uh, 14, 18, verse 14, says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. I want to preach this morning on a wounded spirit. Uh, the scripture says that, that, that our spirits will sustain us, but the implication is they'll sustain us until they're wounded. And then when our spirit's wounded, then we're no longer sustainable. In other words, you'll, you'll struggle. You'll struggle with your relationship with others. You'll struggle with your relationship with God. You'll struggle with everyday things in life if you have a wounded spirit. Now we're living in a world today where everybody is offended about everything. I was uh, overhearing some some people uh, just this week uh, talking about the various areas uh, where folks are just touchy. You 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 say something a, a little different than what they're used to, and they say they get offended. Uh, I I heard a I don't remember the specific offense, but. Uh, uh, just I heard something just recently that just didn't make any sense at all. And that's, that's where it leads. It gets to the point where no matter what you do, no matter what you say, if someone has a wounded spirit, uh, they'll, they'll take almost everything you say wrong. And, uh, and I know because I've seen it, but I also know because I've had one. And the truth is, is that... Uh, the way that the world goes, we have to be very, very cautious 
that it doesn't spill over into our lives. Because it is so prevalent and because it is so strong, you're going to be susceptible to a wounded spirit. I'm going to be susceptible to a wounded spirit. And the Bible says a wounded spirit who can bear. Um, you take an animal that gets wounded. What, what ways does an animal, a wounded animal, respond? You have five, five different things that a wounded animal will do. First of all, and, and these are very parallel to the way that we respond. Um, a wounded animal will withdraw and become very inward, be very protective, uh, won't have a lot of interaction with others. Uh, a, a wounded animal will, will uh, lick their wounds. And the way that we lick our wounds is we drown ourselves in self-pity. We start feeling sorry for ourselves. Uh, a wounded animal will get defensive. It'll, it'll claw you even though you've not done anything wrong. And uh, people will do that when they get wounded as well. Uh, a wounded animal will become derelict in, in their duties and their responsibilities. A wounded person will do likewise. And, they won't, and if they do their duties, they won't do it at the rate of efficiency that they've done it in the past. And then last of all, a, uh, a wounded animal will hurt those that try to, to help. And, and what that becomes is that, that wounded animal becomes dangerous even if it's not a dangerous uh, type of animal to begin with. And that's what happens to us. We do those same things. We, we withdraw, we become inward, we drown in self-pity. We lick our wounds, we, we get defensive, we, we get derelict in duty, and, and uh, we'll hurt those that come to us and try to, try to be a help and try to be a blessing. Now, there's two things you don't want to do, and I want you to come to these two conclusions in the message. Number one, you don't want to uh, get a wounded spirit, and if you have one, you want to get rid of it because it will do nothing but, but hurt you and hurt your relationship with others and hurt your relationship with the Lord. Secondly, you don't want to be a wounder of spirits. Uh, sometimes the things that we do attribute to those wounds. And, and you don't want to be the wounded, but you don't want to be the wounder either. You don't want to do either one of those two things. And so we're going to look at... at just three, and there, you know, you could probably come up with a bunch of others, but we're going to look at three basic causes, three basic things that cause people to have wounded spirits, according to the scriptures. First of all, uh, look with me in Proverbs chapter 15. Proverbs chapter 15, and look down in verse 4. Proverbs 15 and verse 4 says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. It's not only a breach in the spirit of the person who's got the perverse tongue, but it causes breaches in the spirit of others. I'll go to chapter 18 and look down in verse 8. Proverbs 18, verse 8. <clears throat> Proverbs 18, 8 says, The words of a talebearer are as wounds. And they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. When a person tells tales, when a person gossips, when a person murmurs, 
it can cause wounds in people. Uh, honestly, uh, there have been some inner wounds that I have gotten over the years, and I'm sure you could say the same thing. There are some inner wounds you've gotten that have far surpassed any outward wounds that we've ever gotten, no matter how severe they might be. Uh, those inner wounds can go down awful, awful deep and hurt, hurt very, 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 very deeply, very hard. Um, then go to Proverbs 26 and look in verse 22. Proverbs 26, 22 says, The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. And again, it just reiterates over and over again that words can hurt. You know, we used, to, we used to have the old saying when I was a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Well, that's a lie <laughs> because I've, I've had hurt, words hurt me and I've hurt other people with words that I've used inappropriately. So what we're talking about here is, a, is an uncontrolled tongue. An uncontrolled tongue can cause a wounded spirit. And, you know, you might say, well, I, I said it, but I didn't mean it. Well, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So probably you did mean it. You were just trying to hide it. Uh, you say, well, uh, I've had people say this to me. You say, well, I know, I know it hurt them, but it was true. Well, you know, that's not the only criteria that we're to go by when, when we speak to people. Uh, you know, the, I, I, I was given this as a rule of thumb years ago. And it's based on scripture, but it's a rule of thumb. Uh, you ask yourself, is it kind? Is it true? I mean, true is important. But first of all, is it kind? Second of all, is it true? And then third of all, is it necessary? Is it something that this person really needs to hear? Is it something that I need to give out? And, and usually it's negative information. And uh, so, so you ask yourself those questions. Is it kind? Is it true? And, and is it necessary? Um, the, the thing that, that, uh, that we need to have is we need to have a, a, a controlled spirit. And if we, we have a controlled spirit, we won't say the wrong things. Uh, go with me to Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs 16. And I'm, I, I'm preaching this message this morning because the Lord really laid it upon my heart. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know if it's a problem here in our church. I don't know if it's a problem in your family. Uh, but I have just seen overall. I have heard story after story after story after story recently of people that have done things differently, uh, switched churches, uh, stop going to church altogether, uh, don't talk to their family, whatever, because they have a wounded spirit. And oftentimes it's over something that somebody said. Uh, boy, I, I have watched wounded spirits just absolutely destroy families that were very, very close together. I've, I've watched wounded I think that's what's happening, honestly, over in, over in uh, the Philippines right now. There's some folks that, that uh, unjustly ha uh, got a wounded spirit and are rising up in rebellion. Like I said, it can be a very, very dangerous thing. You, 
You take an animal with a, with a, with a, a wound and you try to help that animal, you know, sometimes they'll tear you apart. Well, Christians will do the same thing if that thing isn't taken care of. Uh, it's important for us, for those of us who have caused wounds in the past, to, to have a controlled spirit. In Proverbs chapter 16, look down with me, if you would, verse 32. It says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. It says that, that uh, you know, a person who just has control over their spirit uh, can, can make a real difference in the lives of others by withholding things that uh, just, just don't need to be said. Uh, Proverbs chapter 25. Now I say that, and yet on the other hand, there are times when you have to say hard things to people. Uh, you know what I found makes all the difference in the world? In fact, I was just talking with someone just recently about this very thing. And uh, the bottom line, in fact, I think I, I believe it was Brother, Brother Starr while he was here. Uh, you can say something to someone and they'll get offended, they'll get hurt because they don't believe that you care for them and love them. And, uh, and maybe you don't. And maybe you, you, you did not say it with love. You just said it because it was the truth. Uh, but then again, you have somebody who's convinced that you love them, convinced that you care for them, uh, knows that you've prayed for them. Uh, you know, that, that makes a difference. And, and again, there are times, I understand, you have to be brutally honest with people. But be brutally honest in love. The Bible says speaking the truth in love. That makes all the difference in the world. Just the way that you bring it. And, and you say, well, I'm not very good with words. I understand. Uh, in those kind of situations, I'm not so sure anybody is. <laughs> I, I get, you know, I, I've had to, over the, the years that I've been here as pastor, I've had to, had to talk to folks privately about things. And there's times when I've talked to folks about things that I didn't, I didn't want to have that conversation. You know when I find that my spirit isn't right is when I want to have that conversation. I want to have it right now. Ooh, that's bad. That's not good. I'm not going in to help them. I'm going in to rip them. I'm going in there to, to, to scathe them. And uh, that's not the kind of spirit that, uh, that you want to have uh, for, those, for those situations. Look at Proverbs 25 and uh, look in verse 28. Proverbs 25, 28. It says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. It's important for us to have rule over our spirit. And if, if it is broken down and we don't have rule over it, then what you might have to do is you might have to go and make an apology. Uh, there are times when I have had to go apologize for what I've said and how I've said it. There have been times also when I've had to apologize, not for what I said, but for the spirit that was behind what I said. And, uh, and you, can, you can hurt people uh, unintentionally, I hope, 
Uh, but you can hurt people by having even the, the right thing to say, but the, but the wrong spirit behind it. And then what about the person who is wounded? You know, the truth of the matter is you don't have an excuse either way. If you're the wounder, you're wrong. If you're wounded, you're wrong. In other words, you, 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 need, to, you need to receive these things properly. And uh, uh, I think a good example of that I had someone ask me this, and they're not in this church, they're not even in this state, uh, but I had someone within the last few weeks ask me a, a question about something that was in their family, and they said, uh, you know, so-and-so is offended in my family, but, uh, but I, I, I've not, you know, I've, I've not approached that person. In fact, I was told that I need to approach that person. Now, I'm not going to approach them. If they're offended, they need to come to me. Now, that's true if I'm talking to the person who's offended. But in the Bible, it says not only that, uh, you know, if uh, someone trespasses against you, go see them. But it also says that if you know that someone has, has uh, been offended, has taken an offense, uh, you need to leave your gift at the altar, go get reconciled to your brother. So the responsibility is either or. <laughs> they went, ooh, I, I, don't tell me where that is. <laughs> you know, we, we were having a friendly conversation about the deal. And I'm, I, I'm pretty convinced that that person looked it up and, and, uh, and, and probably is on the road to taking care of it. But, but, the, but the point is, is that either, either or, whether you're the wounder or whether you're the wounded, in both cases, there's no excuse for either one. There's no excuse for wounded people. There's no excuse for being the wounder. Uh, and and uh, if, if you're, you're wounded because of an uncontrolled, uh, uncontrolled tongue, uh, you need to have a forgiving heart. You need to have a, a peaceful heart. Um, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 30, it says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. He talks about the, the, the wounded, and then he talks about the wounder. Uh, the wounded is bitterness, wrath, and anger, and the, the, the uh, and clamor, and the wounder is the, the evil speaking, be put away from you with all malice. And what's the cure? Be ye kind one to another, verse 32, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Uh, don't raise your hand, but I'm sure, uh, you know, how many of you have ever been wounded? Well, well, I think we all have it one time or another. But let me ask you this. How many times have you wounded other people? I have. Uh, you know what? I, what I desire if I've wounded someone and try to make it right, uh, I, I want forgiveness. And even before I try to get make it right, I hope they'll, have, they'll, they'll, they'll change their attitude toward me and have forgiveness toward me. Uh, if, if, uh, if you are wounded... You need to have a forgiving heart. You need to have a peaceful heart. Let me show you how to have that peaceful heart. Go to Psalm 119. I was just reading through Psalm 119 here just recently. That whole 
psalm has to do with the word of God and how precious it ought to be to us. In Psalm 119, look down in verse 165. It says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. You want a, you want a, a, a protection against a wounded spirit? Fall in love with the book. And, and where God tells you to do something, do it. And that will, that will endear your heart even more and more to the word of God. So the first, first cause of a wounded spirit is an uncontrolled tongue. Second cause, go to Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, look down in verse 12 with me, if you would. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. It says, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. That's unfulfilled expectations. That's when somebody says, We're going to do such and such, and then they never come through. We're going to take care of this, and then they never come through. Uh, un unfulfilled expectations. Now, what do, you, what do you do if you're the wounder? Well, if you're the wounder, you need to let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Fulfill your promises. Uh, you know, one thing that is very valuable, I believe, it's valuable, uh, it's valuable on the job, it's valuable in the home, it's valuable in the church, is for us to be known by our word. We've got to be careful. Uh, and I, I'm speaking about myself. I have to be careful about making flippant promises and then not coming through with those promises. Uh, there have been, been many times when my, my kids throughout the years have come to me and said, but dad, you said that you would. Okay, you got me. <laughs> And when they get you like that, you need to, you need to respond to it. You really do. Uh, you need to be known for your word. You need to be known that your, that your yay will be yay and your nay will be nay. Uh, what do you do, however, if you're a, a, a person who is, is wounded? I'll take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 62. Psalm 62. And, and again, when it comes to a wounded spirit, I think some people are more susceptible to a wounded spirit than others because they, they may have a more tender heart. All the more reason to be admonished by these things, to have a forgiving spirit. And in this case, you need to, you need to give your expectations to God. Look with me in, uh, in Psalms uh, 62. And look down in verses 5 through 8. Psalm 62, 5 through 8. Verse 5 says, My soul wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. And all God's people said, <laughs> you know, he, he's it. I mean, you're, if you're saved this morning, you're saved because of him plus nothing minus nothing. It, there, there's, there, there's no addition, there's no subtraction, it's just God. It says, trust in him, verse, verse uh, 
Uh, well, let's finish verse 7. In God is my salvation and my glory, the rock of my strength, and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us, Selah. Now, what he's, what he's basically saying there is, is give your expectations to God, particularly in verse 5. My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Um, you know, the, the, the truth is people will disappoint you. Uh, people will let you down. People will discourage you. Um, people will often fall very short of what your expectations are. Don't put your expectations in people. Put your expectations in God and, and surrender your expectations to God. Um, you know, we, we expect oftentimes, we expect individuals to come through for us. And, and you should be able to trust folks, but sometimes things happen. Sometimes circumstances occur. You know, there are times when, over the years, when I've told my family that we were going to do something and something came up that prevented it, that's, that's one thing. But, but what, what sometimes happens, even in cases like that, is the person's heart gets dashed and, he, and they take it personally and it wounds them because they were looking forward to doing you know, I don't. I don't like to have my expectations shattered any more than the next person does. I, I'm the, the kind of a person that if, if I set out with, with a plan for the day, I don't like that plan disrupted. But what we need to do is we need to get the attitude that, listen, God, my schedule is subject to you. And if you want to shake up that schedule, if you want to shake up my expectations, uh, you have the liberty to do that, and I will accept it when you do. Uh, we, we oftentimes expect things from others. We lean on others. Uh, we uh, oftentimes, and I, again, find myself doing this. When you have a crisis in your life, what's the first thing you do? Do you pour out your heart to somebody, an individual, a friend, your wife, your husband, uh, you know, a, a friend, uh, someone that you trust? Or do you first pour your heart out to God? And the, the truth of the matter is, oftentimes, we'll pour out to people before we'll pour out to God. And I found this in my own life. If I pour my heart out first to God, the pouring out of the heart to others isn't necessarily eliminated, but it sure is diminished an awful lot. Because, because God has a way of attending to the heart like no person can. I see, you know, I see this, I see this more uh, in tragedies and in, in funerals than any other time. I, my biggest prayer whenever I do a funeral, and we just did Brother Breyer's funeral not too long ago, my biggest prayer, and it's continued, is to comfort the family, be a blessing, do what nobody else can do. And, and uh, you know, that's not only true for other people, that's true for you. <laughs> that's true for me. Uh, you know, so, so oftentimes we really show our true colors 
when we pour out our hearts to people before we pour out our hearts to God. And God ought to be the one that we pour our hearts out to. And, and that's what we ought to do. We ought to give our expectations to God. As the wounder, make sure that your yay is yay and your nay is nay. And if you get caught in something that you did not fulfill, admit it, apologize for it, and go ahead and fulfill it. Just do what you need to do. If you're the wounded, you need to give that thing to God. And again, there's, you say, yeah, but you, you know, I, I, I've heard this. I've even said it. You know, I think we've all said it. If you haven't said it, you've at least thought it. You have no idea how bad they hurt me. No, but God does. You have no idea how bad we've hurt God sometimes. Aren't you glad he's always forgiving? Aren't you glad that there's never a time when 1 John 1, 9 does not apply to a Christian? It always applies to a Christian. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Have you ever had to go to God and confess the same sin more than once in a day? Let me see your hands. Have you ever done that? I have. And it's, more, it's usually more than just twice. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's three or four times I've slipped. Uh, on the same thing, aren't you glad he never says, look, I'm sorry, but you've reached your limit. <laughs> you know, we laugh about that, but we do that. We, we let people reach their limits sometimes, and we say, no more. No, 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 no. We need to be like God is, and because he has forgiven us over and over and over again, we need to have a forgiving spirit toward him. So the first two things are, are an uncontrolled tongue and unfulfilled expectations. Uh, both of those things can cause a wounded spirit. Then there's one more, Proverbs chapter 29. Go to Proverbs 29. And in Proverbs 29, I want you to look with me down in verse 23. Proverbs 29 and verse 23. It says, a man's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. A man's pride uh, is, is when we expect to get our efforts that we do forgotten for others appreciated. And unappreciated efforts are what, what cause, often cause a wounded spirit. Um, the truth of the matter is we are living in, I believe, one of the most ungrateful generations that this nation has ever seen. Um, we are living in a you-owe-me generation. And that's, that's where we are. Now, again, please, <laughs> you know, you say, yeah, but I'm a Christian. Yeah, and you've been affected by it too. You know, COVID hit everybody. But I see some of the same effects that it had on the world. I see it on Christians. I, I talk to pastor after pastor after pastor. Things are not exactly the same as they were before COVID. And we've been affected and sometimes don't even realize it. 
Well, that's, that's the way it is with, with ingratitude. Uh, you know, we have to have our, our guard up because we live in an ungrateful world. God told us in the last days, perilous times shall come. And one of the things, that, one of the characteristics of the last days is people are unthankful. I think we're, we've got one of the most ungrateful uh, generations that, that I've seen in my lifetime. But here's the thing. I can become ungrateful too. You can become ungrateful too. And it's very, very easy to fall into that. Um, and because of that, we, we need to have our guard up. Uh, we need, to, uh, we need to make sure that we thank the Lord on a regular basis for things he's done for us. And the more we thank God, I believe, the more we're going to thank other, other individuals. We're going to thank others. Um, I am so grateful for the men that uh, filled the pulpit when I was gone. And I, I've said this before. I said it last week. Um, I, 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 I'm just thankful and, uh, you know, I try, to, try to do things from time to time to encourage those guys because they are a real blessing. But there are times when I fail to, to just be appreciative. And I found this. I found that as my thankfulness to God decreases, my thankfulness to others decreases at the same, at the same rate. And so I need to make sure I'm constantly thankful. Yeah, and obviously, you're thankful to God first. Um, we, had a, we had a really good offering for, for Brother Starr. And he has he uh, thanked me several times. I said, look, don't thank me. Thank the Lord. And I'm, I mean that when I say it. Because, but I'm thankful that he is grateful. That's a good thing. Uh, it's not a bad thing. And... Uh, uh, we bought him a, a tank of gas here uh, just uh, while, while he was here, filled up his tank. He's got a big tank, and, uh, and we filled it up for him. Uh, I, you know, honestly, I want us to be known, and I've told you this so many times, you're probably sick of hearing it, but I, I want us to be the, the church that constantly is a blessing, constantly is a help to others, and that, that other preachers and other Christians, when they come visit us, they want to come here. <laughs> you know, it's not like, oh, no, we got to go to Freedom Baptist this morning because it's Sunday and we need to go to some church. Uh, yeah, you don't want that kind of attitude. But uh, uh, one of the ways we'll, we'll get the right spirit on that thing is by being grateful ourselves. And uh, when, when we start, stop thanking God, we'll also stop thanking others. And we need to be grateful. Um, but then for those that are wounded, you know, uh, you know, someone says, well, I, I do all this and nobody says anything to me about it. Well, let me ask you a question. Who are you doing it for? Well, I'm doing it for my Sunday school class. I'm doing it for the church. Well, I'm doing it to be a help and a blessing too. Well, why don't you do it to God first? Why don't you do it for him first and foremost, and then secondly, do it for the individuals? Um, it, it's, in, it's important that we have the right motive uh, behind what we do and that we're doing it for the right person. Whatsoever thou doest, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not 
unto men. Now, oftentimes you're doing it for men. But what God's saying is, is even when you do it for men, make sure that you're doing it unto the Lord and do that first and foremost. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4, there's a verse that has become one of my favorite verses in Scripture. And again, it's one of those verses that I find myself constantly drawn to. Paints a picture of what goes on around the throne of God. And if you look with me, beginning in verse uh, 9, it says, And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, that's the Lord, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. That means that you're here not for your pleasure, but for his. That means that you're here to please him, not others first. Him first. Now, yeah, God, God wants you to be a blessing to others. I understand that. But be a blessing to others, but do it first and foremost for him. That'll insulate you from, from uh, possibly being unappreciated. Uh, do it for God. Listen, God always is, is uh, appreciative of what we do because when we, when we do things for him, we are fulfilling our purpose. Our purpose is to bring him pleasure. And if that's your, if that's your motive, if that's your goal for the day, is to bring pleasure to God, then, uh, then, then you'll insulate yourself from uh, feeling unappreciated for the things that you do for others. Uh, sometimes the only honor you're going to get, sometimes the only recognition you're going to get is going to be from God. Here's the question. Is that enough? It ought to be. It ought to be. A wounded spirit, the Bible says, who can bear? Wounded spirit comes from an uncontrolled tongue. It comes from an unfulfilled expectations. And it comes from unappreciated efforts. We don't want to be on the side of a person that has a wounded spirit. Because when you get a wounded spirit, your spirit will sustain us until it's wounded. And then the Bible makes the, the, the ask the question, and it's kind of rhetorical in the respect that you already know the answer, a wounded spirit who can bear. God doesn't want us to be the wounded, but he also doesn't want us to be the wounder. Make sure. And look at your own life and see, have there been times when I have wounded somebody, but I haven't gotten it right? Are there t- is there something that I'm holding that I have a wounded spirit about. Again, I, I, I love the fact that God makes us personally responsible regardless of what side of the fence that we're sitting on. If we're the wounder, we're responsible. But if we're the wounded, we're also responsible. 
because we haven't had the right spirit toward God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I, I pray that you would use this message this morning to speak to our hearts. Help us to look and see if we are sitting on either side of that fence, whether we're the, the wounder or the wounded, uh, we might think if we're wounded, we're justified. And I know I have before in, my, in the past, and uh, your word tells me otherwise. Uh, Lord, if uh, my spirit is off, that is my responsibility. And there's something wrong between you and me. My, I've let my guard down with my God. My love has slipped. My dedication has slipped. My, my purpose of having a desire to please you has slipped. Lord, uh, I pray that you speak to our hearts this morning and help us to do business with you if, there, if it's needed. We're living in a day and age when this is a common susceptibility. It's easy to be the wounder. It's easy to be wounded. But Lord, uh, for a Christian, we have no excuse for either. Work in our hearts this morning. And uh, Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory for what you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.